This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Running like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Talk by pro wrestling fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a, another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And this is going to be a heavy pro wrestling episode because the world of professional wrestling has been set on fire this week and it's really exciting. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways that you can listen. Um, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, or Google Pod, or whatever it's called now. I don't know. Regardless, that's one. We have shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, and one of those shirts has that saying on it. So go scoop that up, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Uh, to backtrack, if you are subscribing, make sure you rate and give us comments. And we truly appreciate that. Get the algorithm going, bumping up. Come on, because we've been uh, here since 2011. And, uh, you know, we want to continue doing this, even though it's more of a passion project for us than, it, uh, you know, we're real-life uh, wrestling, quote-unquote, journalists. Uh, as I say, we're just three fans, like to talk about wrestling. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 Thank you to the three people that uh, didn't like our wear a mask video. Um, uh, one of them probably being Ted you. Cruz. Hate to break this to you, but there's uh, a lot more now. Sick. You all are idiots. Uh, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11. Um, now, social media-wise, you can follow myself on Twitter, Chris Dog. Dave, who will be joining us mm, for a... No, I don't D- think so. I'm not all sure. All right. So Dave's not joining <laughs> us, but you can follow him at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. Um, and we're joined here by the heart and soul, our social influencer, Brandon, who you can follow on Twitter at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing? I am doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Uh, it's the best day of the year. It's opening day, night, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's, that's a little, uh, who cares about opening day when Taylor Swift announces a brand new album? And you didn't, yeah, you didn't know about it. And I texted. <laughs> well, I mean, you. I didn't know about it because I was not here for it. I was sleeping. <laughs> but now, never, never land. Now I'm, I'm ready for it. I know. For the first <laughs> words, everybody, we got in a Skype call. I'm like, Brandon, how's it going? He goes, I just don't know which one well, to get. She You're puts talking, out eight you know, different versions of the album. It's well, they're the album's all the same. It's just the, uh, the art i guess you would say there's there's eight different covers to choose from okay so i don't know which version of folklore that i'll be uh getting yeah so we'll see uh we'll see how that's going well, that's but we awesome. gotta, we, and, uh, and it's and it's 13 dollars. all you gotta do is pay 13 bucks probably shipping too but and it's available tonight until july 30th i gotta get i gotta know which one i'm getting I know. Yeah, I'll probably, yeah, so, I, I feel like I'm just going to get the, the first edition one because it's like that's what the normal album would be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I mean, there, there's our hashtag. And we talked about the new Taylor Swift album. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's looking. I thought a lot of people like freaking out over the Meet Me at the Mall edition. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll get that one. 
What else happened to you this week, Brandon? Anything not, exciting? Not much. After we recorded last week, I uh, I made chili, and I swear to God, I think it might be the best tasting chili I have ever eaten. Not to like really? toot my own horn, yeah. It's like so good. It's it's like a thick chili that which is exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to get like all the spices right, so there's like an aftertaste of spice. Okay. Um, cause I don't have like ancho chilies and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. There's no beans. It's just straight up all American beef. beef. <laughs> there's beef, there's peppers, there's onions, there's spices. That's it. Nice. And it's Solid. delicious. And I put it on a hot dog to make a Coney Island hot dog, which is barely anything to do with New York. I had no idea, even though. Like, I always hear the term a Coney dog or a Coney Island hot dog. Yeah. And I'm always, like, confused by that because our New York hot dog is, like, standard hot dog with sauerkraut, um, onion relish, maybe, and mustard. Yep, not a mustard fan, but continue. I I don't like mustard either. But the Coney Island hot dog has a mustard on it. has mustard on it. But, uh, so I, I, like, researched into this, and it's based off of... So, obviously, everybody uh, immigrated here from other countries to New York, Ellis Island. And a bunch of people went from uh, Coney Island and moved west to, like, uh, Detroit or upstate New York. So, in between that, like, journey, like, those, that, like, perimeter... There was a a Coney Island hot dog born. There was a Coney Island born. A Coney Island is like, I guess from what I was reading, like a dinette kind of. Okay. Like a little luncheonette sort of place, it seems, where they serve like diner food. And one of the things that they specialized in was that Coney Island hot dog, where it was the hot dog with um, chili, with raw onions, maybe some had cheese on it, and mustard. So I decided to make that. I, I don't like mustard, but I use Jim Ross's mustard. It's delicious. I think it's one of the, like, that's the only mustard I'll, like, want to eat raw. If that makes sense. But the it was really good. So it's just, a, it's just a super messy thing to make, uh, to chili, eat, I mean. Chili dogs are always the best. Yeah, I never, I think that might be the first time I had a chili dog. But, and then other than that, I, I grilled steaks. I grilled some garlic bread up on the Instagram, BTDG161. Social and social influencer. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's basically, I didn't do much this week other than that. I know. Can't go to Madison Square Garden. Can't, you know. No. Maybe, uh, maybe Taylor Swift will do a virtual concert. Yeah. That's a big thing that's going around now. Like a lot of the bands I listen to, they're doing virtual tours. Uh, but listen to this: like if if Taylor Swift is doing like a virtual concert, I one thousand percent cannot count that as I went and saw Taylor Swift uh, a twelfth time. Yeah, true. That's not like that's not happening. <laughs> you have to physically be there. In person yes, for it. I, understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand. So cool. But uh, yeah, what did you do? Anything? Um, I did some filming this week. Um, a lot of post-production editing this week. My air conditioner, my big air conditioner in the house that takes that cools down like half of my entire house, uh, died on Monday during the one of the hottest days of the year Rest so far. In peace. 
it was it was real bad in here. But uh, luckily, I uh, know some people, and I know some people that sell air conditioners, and they hooked me up, and we got a new one yesterday, and it's great. Thank God. Oh my God! But like, yeah, and yesterday was so disgustingly humid. So like, these guys are opening up the wall, and they're coming in the house. I had to leave the doors open so they didn't touch any of the handles because you know we're still oh, yeah. within a within a pandemic here, folks. So make sure you wear your masks, make sure you wash your hands, all that good stuff. Yeah, I got a call this week that the library was open. Sick. Our videos now yeah, moot. <laughs> rats, rats. Um, but yes, we got that in and, uh, getting excited for baseball tonight, which is why we're recording this podcast right after Brandon woke up at 1230 in the afternoon. Well, to be fair, I, yeah. I, I need my beauty rest. Yeah. <laughs> you got your beauty rest, your Brandon rest. When you're a solid five out of 10. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but as I said, at the beginning of the show, we have a lot of professional wrestling talk this week. And, uh, before we go into something that we don't talk about that much, which is impact wrestling, uh, we got to start off at midnight. Midnight comes, people were touting it's, you know, it's, it's independence day for a lot of 20 different professional wrestlers. Um, and it started off with huge bang as Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, now Doc Gallows, the big LG, uh, had their announcement on what was called the countdown to F town that they have officially signed with impact wrestling and then go into a two-hour, full-on, classic shoot about everything that happened in their run with WWE, which I thought was outstanding. It was really eye-opening. They said that you know two years ago, they were on their way out when their contracts were up. Um, they had working deals in place with AEW and also New Japan to come back. They were going to be a major focal point of that first episode of Dynamite, but they were set up with uh, contracts, as they said, that would set the, would be their final contract that they would ever sign in their career, and they would be you know good for their families and everything like that. You know what's crazy about that is that after they turned down AEW, there was no interest after that for July for July eighteenth. I was, thought there was still interest. No, I thought I thought they said I thought they said that there was no interest after that because they were pissed or something like that. Well, apparently there was, you know, there was a a falling out between the Bucks and them. But apparently uh, there's all water under the bridge. They said in the interview, too, that um, some management within AEW is still kind of pissed about it. Which I mean, which who who, though? Like, screw that. What do you mean? You're you you were you already with WWE. First of all, how could you negotiate while they're in WWE? That's contract tampering, is that not? Well, I think they were just having conversations about uh, it. I thought you're not even allowed to do that. Well, I mean, they were just talking to their friends. I think WWE, oh, well, but still, that's like, they're, they're, you could talk to them with as friends or whatever, but still, those friends are now executives in a company. That's like contract fraud or tampering or whatever. Regardless, that's one, ProWrestlingTees.com. Two. two. Um, and then they go ahead in this in this interview and point the finger at Paul Heyman, who they believe is, uh, according to sources, alleged sources behind the scenes, was the reason why they got fired because they're, quote unquote, making too much money for what they do in the, within the company. Which, Which then, but it, it kind of like you, you hear these reports about how AJ Styles doesn't want to work with Paul Heyman. Um, he gets he get Paul, he gets traded to SmackDown. Um, it kind of kind of opens up your eyes to certain things. You know, even Gallo says in the thing he goes, you know, um, 
Heyman said to me, he goes, if I ever, you know, do something to you, if I ever, you know, do you wrong, I want you to F and bury me. He's like, and that's what we're doing right now. I have to wonder, like, who else was that? What do you mean, who else was that? Who else were, like, we're not on the chopping block, but hey, Vince, you know, I don't think we should have these people. Yeah, I, 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 but that, that's again, we know the, the the wrestling industry as, you know, kind of very seedy at some points. So them opening up, uh, Talk and Shop Mania is happening August 1st, which I am ordering. Going to have a couple bros over, going to have bring, drink some uh, cold beverages and uh, watch what looks like is going to be one of the most ridiculous events ever. Imagine $5 wrestling. But good wrestling, good wrestling. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think so. <laughs> no, five dollars wrestling, but actual good wrestling. It and it was filmed in Luke Gallows' property. He bought a hearse. They built a grave. They bought a casket for it. Um, Enzo was there. Who else? Freight trains there. It looks Wait, like it's got- freight train was there. Freight train. You didn't watch the preview for it. I didn't see the preview. No, all I saw was the like the pictures that like uh, Heath Hawkins. Freight uh, train, Enzo, Enzo, Rock and uh, Roll, Rock and Roll Express, uh, Rhino, Chavo Guerrero was there. I think he's facing on uh, Chico the Luchador, which is gonna be great. A buddy of mine who's a, a wrestling fan too. Uh, I just I sent him the trailer. He goes, he goes, I'm coming over to watch this. He goes, this might be one of the best things in all of professional wrestling history. And so at, that's gonna be August first. Talk at Chop Media. But later that day. By the way, like all the vignettes and promos, promos of wrestlers that came out that day were awesome too. I thought Heath Slater's or Heath, how he's being called now, was the best one out of all of them. It yeah. was like so cinematically shot. Uh, it was so well done. Although you know, I have to say, I liked. Uh, it was a little different, but I liked uh, Cardona's. Yeah, I liked it too. You know, I told the story. I liked the behind the scenes video that he put us posted on the Major <laughs> Wrestling Figure Podcast. Yeah. Um, and that guy, you know, that you guy. You already know. Oh, Gabby? Yeah. Super Gabby? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but let's talk about Slammiversary because they touted it as, you know, this is a, a big thing, and rightfully so. They stand behind their products. And since the kind of rebirth again where Don Callis and Scott Demore took over Impact Wrestling, um, they've been showing signs of getting better, getting better, getting better, and this might be the next rebirth. I have, wrestling. I have to say that I think Slammiversary was super overhyped, but like... But they have to. Yeah, and, and congratulations to to Impact for like going from obscurity. It's literally the company that won't die. It was. That's why they had a pay-per-view earlier the year called Hard to Kill. They cannot be killed. It, it's, clear, it's clear as day. There's been so many times in history that we've said, oh, Impact or TNA is, they're going to cease to exist soon. Yeah, And they come back, and they come back, and they come back, and now it seems like a huge resurgence is about to happen, especially with all the signees. Yes. Uh, and let's start off, you know, earlier in the day, too, they mentioned that the Rascals are putting out an open challenge to anybody. So a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be Rhino and Heat Slater. Oh, maybe it's going to be the Good Brothers, since they're, you know, they're going to be there. But it wasn't. It was the returning Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, the Motor City Machine Guns, who pick up the victory in this match. <laughs> Bravo. And, and now they're signed to Impact Wrestling again. Yeah. What a great team from their past that can still go. Like, I saw people be like, Alex Shelley doesn't is, is Benjamin Button because he's reverse aging. He looks better than he has been. 
And it, it's crazy that Motor City Machine Guns was a team that never, ever stepped foot in WWE. Well, actually, I did for a couple of No, no, of but like as Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Which I find I find weird now that they have the Machine Gun Carl Anderson and the Machine Guns. Well, yeah, that's true. But, so, uh, yeah, it's awesome to have Motor City Machine Guns. They're a fantastic tag team. They've proven everything. And, and they're going to be a great, like, pillar for to rebuild your company on. But now you have these guys in here. You have the North, who we'll talk about kind of dream matchups within Impact Wrestling. Now you could have the Good Brothers versus the Motor City Machine Guns. You could have the Rascals versus uh, the Good Brothers. You, you kind of have a nice little foundation here to build a solid tag team division. It's not an overblown tag team division like AEW, but you have a nice base here to expand upon. Uh, next up, you had Moose defeat Tommy Dreamer in an old-school rules match for the unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, props to Tommy Dreamer for his outfit of the night, <laughs> paying tribute to a longtime mentor of his, Dusty Rhodes. And Moose picks up the victory, kind of keeping him uh, a top uh, you know, heel within the company. For the number one contender uh, spot for the Women's Championship, they had a gauntlet match. Kylie Ray defeated Taya Valkyrie to pick up that final win. Um, Alicia Edwards was in it. Havoc. Johnny Bravo entered twice. Katie Forbes, Kiara Hogan, Kimberly, Nevaeh, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, and Tasha Steeles were also involved in that match. Let's talk about let's let's talk about women's wrestling right now because you know we always say that oh NXT uh, WWE has the you know the best women's division. Impact has it. Impact has a number is the number two. Yeah, I hands down. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, solid to this. I want to. I'm going to jump forward since we're talking about women's wrestling, and then we're going to pop back. I know we're not going in order. I apologize about that. We you have a new knockouts champion, so Kylie Ray will eventually be facing off against the virtuosa Diana Perazzo, and she beat her by submission. Um, a lot of people are saying that this was the match of the night because it was a very hard hitting. Women's match. It was. It, it was. You could kind of say like a coming out party for Diana Perazzo because we didn't see her to this potential in NXT. We know how good she is. Yeah. And now you're really gonna see it, and especially with a hard hitting woman like Jordan Grace too. They both beat the living heck out of each other. Bravo to them for kind of you know a lot of people saying steal the show. I listened to an interview on Busted Open with Diana Perazzo today, and she just sounds like she has this newfound confidence to her she knows who she is as a woman she knows how she is as a women wrestler and the sky's the limit for this knockout division it's like i don't know like there are so many people and i'll speak about it later again i just don't understand how wwe like doesn't like know how to use somebody like perrazzo mm-hmm. like we've watched her since she was on the independent scene and like kill it so when she finally got to WWE, it's like, oh, hell yes, this is awesome. And then nothing happened. Yeah. It was weird. But after the, the gauntlet match, you had Heath make Heath. his debut. Yep. That's right. He, he took out Rohit Raju. Uh, and then later on backstage, she was hanging out with Rhino, which I thought was cool because, you know, they were the first SmackDown tag team champions. Uh, but Scott D'Amour came over, told him that, uh, due to COVID, he can't be here. So say your goodbyes. And then Rhino told him to come back Tuesday and he'll, he'll think of something. 
That he did. Uh, but after this, you have a new X Division champion, and that's Chris Bay defeating Willie Mack. So, I mean, they've been kind of touting Chris Bay within Impact for a while, so it's, you know, good to get, We'll see where the X Division goes from here. Willie Mack with the Razor Ramon gimmicks. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Chocolate Caliente. Perfect. Uh, the North continued their year-long reign as Impact Tag Team Champions, defeating the team of Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Ethan Page, I haven't seen him in a while because, again, I really haven't been paying to the Impact uh, product. It looks great. He looks fantastic. I feel like he's definitely lost a few pounds. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome for that. Uh, I saw a lot of people complaining about this match uh, Shamrock-wise. Nobody else. Yeah, because everybody else in the match is outstanding. But I, I don't think – like everyone was like making fun of Shamrock for like eating a dive or whatever. But that – I could swear – Shamrock used to do that dive in WWE. I I have to go back and I can punch. like swear like I'm at ninety percent sure of Shamrock doing that. I, I it's a plancha, but it's like a twisting plancha. Okay, we're not even twisting. I don't know what like a rolling plancha kind. I don't know. But uh, main event saw Eddie Edwards become the new Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Defeating Ace Austin, Trey, Rich Swan, and the returning Eric Young, who again, that's I don't understand how you just don't use him. He was on Busted Open this week I, as well. I heard, yes. Talking about it, and he goes, if you don't have five minutes in a three hour broadcast for Eric Young, you know, I don't know what the deal is. And you know, he he went on to say that he's not one about politicking because it's not him. Um, so, uh, I hope he, Eric Young gets put in this impact world championship, uh, picture. Uh, I like the setup for this. It was like, um, who is this mystery man? Who will be the fourth person? And out comes Rich Swan. Everyone thought he had a broken leg. He comes out great to wrestle. Uh, and then they're about to start the four way match elimination match. Eric Young comes out. It's now a five way elimination match. So that was, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Post-match, though, you have a run-in by the Good Brothers, who then beat down Ace Austin, hit him with the Magic Killer, so you think Eddie Edwards and the Good Brothers are kind of working together. Uh, and you close off the show with, they've been showing this mystery man, drinking whiskey, hanging out with people. Who is it? It turns out to be EC3. EC3 then smashes his whiskey against the wall, his new logo pops up on the screen, and that's how you end the show. I like this, but I know Brandon, yeah. you were not about this at all. Like I'm and fine. Have- like if 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 it end like if you have a vignette air for somebody at the end of a pay per view, I fully expected EC3 to to appear in person. Like I would have been completely fine with, even though it kind of fell short. You, you knew Good Brothers were going to be there eventually because they announced it at midnight. Yeah. You just didn't know when. So when Ace, Austin, and Madman Fulton were in the ring, they came back out afterwards. Oh, of course. That's when the Good Brothers will come out. That's when they'll make the save for Eddie Edwards. Yeah. But then to end, I, I don't think I ever recall a wrestling show ending on a vignette. And I don't, I just didn't like that. A promo, I'm fine with. A vignette, I thought that's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's something different. Because we're always, you know, kind of trained as wrestling fans. Be like, oh, yeah, there's supposed to be a big celebration. And then, you know, that's supposed to be the end of the show. But, like, as I said to you in text messages, 
what's different from this? And let's say EC3, you know, they cut the lights and then they show the three logo and then EC3 shows up there with his glass whiskey in hand. Because it's the same, same thing on the stage. But like he's there then. So it's, it's, it's something different. I'm about it. It adds some hype at the end of the show. I, which was, I, I kind of popped, by the way, the, the, the match itself. Because, I, and I don't really see anybody talk about it. There the Canadian was, Destroyer? No, there was a lot of people talking about that. That, I, I, I like, <laughs> we talked about it, like, those Canadian Destroyer spots in AEW. It's like, oh, they're just doing it for, like, this huge pop. And the Canadian Destroyer is now a transition move. That was a full-on transition move. Yeah. And it was awesome. Um, no, but what I, I was going to... that's gonna... the best Canadian Destroyer I've seen since Dustin Rhodes did one. Like, you know, <laughs> against Cody last year. But what I was going to say was... Uh, a little sanity reunion of sorts. Yeah. Well, the like the original sanity. Yeah, Madman Fulton and Eric Young were in the same segment, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. For but, sure. So that was uh, Slammiversary. Great, yeah. uh, great show. Moving over to Impact, which I had no idea I could have watched on Twitch this whole time. I know. I, I, no I, I noticed that too. And I think Pluto, like Pluto is this like free thing. I don't know what Pluto is though. It's it's like one of those streaming services. I have it. I watched like a bunch of old Impact on there one time and I didn't know that I can watch new Impact. So, uh, you know, Tuesday nights I'll be uh, going to Pluto. So it opens, it opens up. Wait, so did you watch, you didn't watch Pluto then, right? It, or I watched it? Twitch. Okay. Cause I was going to, well, like, I was, saw... I was so confused with what was happening. Like, I didn't know if they aired classic content on the actual show itself or if that was just Twitch exclusive. Yeah. So apparently so Tuesday, they do that. So Tuesday night, I was watching AEW on my couch and it was just hot in my house and I fell asleep. I woke up, I turned on Twitch, I fell back asleep again. I wake up at, you know, seven, six o'clock in the morning to 50 text messages. I'm one of them being yours. You know, uh, I, I, I want to think that. Tony Khan saw how popular this was trending I, at number two, I believe was the top. Yep. And Scott Moore told us specifically <laughs> that <laughs> we'll expect to see that a lot more. So thanks. Uh, thanks Scott for talking to your fan base. Tony Khan. I don't remember him ever tweeting about AEW dark and how great the episode was until this night. It was a great episode. Doesn't matter. All right, but anyway, let's talk about the, the product itself of Impact Wrestling. You start off rematch from Slammiversary. Before that, I think an EC3 promo opened it. I wasn't sure if that was, like, part of the show or, like, not. But an EC3 promo aired before this show. Yeah. But, yes, then we had a rematch. Yep, Chris Bay retains his X Division Championship against Willie Mack. So now who's going to be the next person for the uh, exhibition uh, title? Uh, I don't know. I thought the match was good. I wish I could mute commentary. Well, Don Callis wasn't there. I would like, I normally like, I never ever had a problem with Josh Matthews on commentary. I know a lot of people complain about him. Never had a problem with Josh Matthews. I thought the commentary on impact this week was horrendous. It was literally just him trying to pick fights with, Madison Rain, who's his wife. It was so weird. Yep. It made no sense. But uh, later on, Chris Bay was in his dressing room, and Rohit came in to offer himself up as some backup. So I don't know if we're going to maybe see uh, some inclusion with them. I think Chris Bay might have been with Johnny Swinger prior to this. I'm not 100% positive because uh, it's probably been three years since I've watched Impact. Yeah. 
Uh, but after this, you have the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, uh, Luke Gallows, talking about Slammiversary uh, and how it trended because of them. It, on, you could honestly say it probably did because of them. A lot more eyes might have tuned in, definitely, because they were teased. Uh, but they went to drink beer, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton cut them off. Ace asked for an apology for what they did to him at the end of the show. And it led to a brawl. Good Brothers come out on top. Later on, Good Brothers go to leave, and Ace and Madman are in the car. Distract them while Reno Scum attack. So setting up for next week on Impact. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be, maybe this will be their big first big feud between Fulton and uh, Ace Austin and the Good Brothers. Maybe next week it'll be Reno Scum versus um, versus the Good Brothers again. Say you have a nice base for a tag team division there. Yeah. After that, we saw uh, Heath trying to get in, and security is like, "You're not on the list. You're not on the list." Heath makes a phone call, and it cuts in. It was like a super weird transition. Cuts into Rhino and Hernandez arguing with each other over uh, an arm wrestling bout. Um, and then that was like it. So yeah. that that to me was a little weird, but uh, yeah. So uh, the next match that we saw, we saw Havoc and Nevaeh defeat Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles via disqualification. Uh, I didn't understand why Tasha would go and hit Havoc with the chair, but that's what happened. It had zero effect on her, and she still managed to tombstone Kiara Hogan. I like that team of Havoc and Nevaeh. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, backstage, Sammy Callahan and, and Ken Shamrock were kind of like speaking, kind of not arguing, but like they were upset, and they, they obviously spoke about their their loss at Slammiversary. Sammy blamed Ken Shamrock for losing, and Ken's like, don't you think I know? Yeah. And they were like, if you want to talk, talk to me next week. So next week, and I was hoping to see Ken Shamrock, because it's been a long time since I've seen, like, quote-unquote live pro wrestling with Shamrock. So uh, it was nice to see Shamrock, and I guess next week we'll see some sort of confrontation between the two of them. After this, we had Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes backstage. I don't know what this accomplished. No, you're going to see Katie Forbes' pictures next week. The whole cancel culture uh, thing is thrown out the window. Like, you literally, like, you can't show what they showed on the pay-per-view on Twitch. So, yeah, I don't know where that leads but that Heath segment that the the Rhino segment led into a match where Rhino picks up like a 10 second victory over Hernandez with a gore squash bro and he won money from Hernandez I guess I I don't know the the backstory here I would have liked more explanation for people tuning in for the first time I guess uh, after this, we had a quick tease for a new signee, that being the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers. I'm really pumped about this one. Yeah. Uh, because I think me and you both know how good he is in the ring. 100%, yeah. Um, And now it's going to hopefully they give him a really nice push, nice singles run here, and give him the exhibition title. He can go with that stuff. Um, and he's really good in the ring and he hits a great spear. Yeah. 
after this, Deanna Prazo was being interviewed, and she said that there's nobody to defend the title against. And Kylie comes in to introduce herself as the number one contender. And it ends with Deanna trying to put her in the arm bar, which was broken up by the locker room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After this, another promo. It was a lot like promo heavy here. Well, it's like, but here's the thing with here's the thing with like promo heavy stuff. There's a whole new audience to Impact Wrestling that haven't watched it before, so you kind of have to introduce all these people in there, which you, I'm totally fine with because the yeah. in ring the, the in ring stuff was outstanding. So you get again, we spoke about it. It's kind of a rebirth of Impact Wrestling, so you kind of have to introduce all these people, get get new fans to know all these people instead of like, oh yeah, hey, cool, that guy's in the ring, but like, what's behind him and stuff like that. Yeah. So Eddie Edwards, the new champion, comes out and says he's going to be defending the title every week to for anyone who thinks that they deserve a shot. Eric Young comes out and Eddie Edwards is like, you, after what you did, you don't deserve a shot. After what he did to Rich Swan at the at the pay-per-view. This leads to a brawl. And later on, Eddie Edwards was interviewed about the open challenge. And Trey stepped up and asked him for a match. And Eddie Edwards accepted. So next week, we're going to be seeing Eddie Edwards versus Trey for the Impact Wrestling Championship. It's going to be sick. Yeah. Uh, after this, Moose was interviewed about Eddie Edwards uh, being the champion. And Moose is like, I don't care. I'm not going to be accepting a title shot. I don't need to accept his title shot because I hold the most prestigious championship in, in Impact. And then Moose said he's going to be inviting people to face him and then challenged Fala Ba on the spot. So Moose went on to defeat Fala. To retain the TNA championship. But the bigger it's- story out of this is not the match itself, but post-match because EC3 shows up in the impact zone, grabs mm-hmm. him by the ear, and hits a, uh, a beautiful diving reverse DDT. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I'm such a fan of Fala. Uh, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen him on television. It's like early on when he got signed to impact probably when he was teaming with Mario and then Kevin Matthews. Um, So yeah, it's awesome. And it's great to have EC three there. He'll be used how he should be used. Yeah. WWE had him for months and it's just like, that's mind boggling. It makes no sense. He should have been NXT champion. Well, they said, he said that he had a lot of concussions Oh. Yeah, which is why there was a start and stop, start and stop with him. So um, The next segment, to me, made absolutely no sense. I don't know what... I, I don't know if this was the first time they did this. I don't... Yes, they, it is. It, was it? Yeah. Oh, so I thought there was some sort of history here. There, no, there has to be some sort of history because uh, Bravo dressed as Rosemary and Taya in the gauntlet match when he performed twice. But... So you had Rosemary, you had Ty Valkyrie, you had Johnny Bravo. Uh, Rosemary transported a bunch of people into a house to have like a house party. It looks like some sort of real world parody. I'm not really like understanding it. So, but I, I believe we're going to see the first episode of it next week on Impact. Um, Bully, I, I, I mentioned them again, but um, Bully Ray... 
mentioned on uh, Busted Open this week that he said that, you know, Impact is kind of kind of your, your hybrid of what you could see. You kind of have this cinematic stuff like Wrestle House. You have the great in-ring action that you see in AEW Dynamite. So, and he's excited for it, and everybody should be excited for it. If, if they're going to be doing segments like this, though, I think they need to invest big time in, like, better equipment. Because, like, the camera, like, the, the quality was, like, really grainy for some stuff. Yeah, but maybe that's what the, they're trying to go for. It, I, it comes off of, like, YouTube 2005-ish. Oh, my God. Did you see Seattle is now having a hockey team called the Krakens? No, I didn't. Yeah. Do, do Krakens exist in Seattle? Well, they're right by the water. <laughs> well, Krakens don't exist, do they? That's not a thing. Uh, it's going to be a hockey team now in Seattle, and their team, somebody uh, went on Twitter and said, what's their fan base going to be called? The Crackheads. Oh. And then their home stadium is going to be called the Crack House. I saw, I saw the, the Redskins might have changed their name to the D.C. Sentinels. I saw that too. Which is hilarious because that not only sounds like an XFL team, it was apparently going to be the XFL team name, but they went with the DC Defenders instead. Like, apparently XFL had the trademark on the Sentinels. Really? Okay. And let it go. But it's also not only that, they that was the team in the replacements. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like a legit rumor or not. I don't know if that's going to actually happen, but... Wow. And I was talking to my friend with it. He goes, how does that even make sense? I was like, what do you mean how does it make sense? They have a sentinel guarding the, the unknown soldier, the tomb of the unknown soldier, 24 hours a day. It makes right. perfect sense. It's like the Guardians. It's based off of the gargoyles guarding New York City. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, but next up, main event time on Impact. We have new Impact Tag Team Champions. As I mentioned before, these dream matches that you're going to see now. And the first one is the Motor City Machine Guns beating the North, ending their year-long tag team championship reign. Um, and now your Motor City Machine Guns are new tag team champions. Completely unexpected, but it's awesome. Great. Yeah. Like I said earlier, a great pillar to rebuild impact. Yeah. I wish and the time splitters were a thing in WWE, but I'm glad that, that impact has Motor City Machine Guns to help them grow. Yeah. And then you close out the show with a promo of Heath Slater sneaking backstage. Which I thought was funny. So and it's like maybe, that's like a total like uh, a Looney Tunes thing kinda. Like uh, yes. yeah. Let, um so yeah, next week we're gonna get a lot more great action. Hopefully we'll see some in ring stuff from uh, Brian Myers. Uh, hopefully we'll see Heath get into the building, some more Good Brothers action. Maybe they'll have a match this week. Uh time will tell. And we're gonna try to keep up with Impact Wrestling on Marking Out, as we did a long, long time ago. Uh, but let's jump ship to Wednesday night and let's go back to Daly's place for AEW Dynamite. You know uh, what was bothersome here? What? They open the show. Yes, they open the show and show people wearing masks. The three people next to each other wearing masks. And then the whole throughout the whole night, you saw nobody was wearing a mask ringside. Well, you have to think, too. It seems like that was filmed last week. But, I, uh, but, but the week before, they had people wearing masks ringside, didn't they? I maybe because they're the With same. With the exception that, of like two people, I don't. I, I don't listen. Remember. I tweeted the video to Tony Khan, and now it magically has more dislikes on it. So, it's the AEW stands that are. Uh, I, I just, I just don't think you can tout how great you're doing COVID prevention. Uh, prevention. And, prevention. Yeah, and then the simplest form of prevention you don't do. 
I don't care if you test your talent every day or whatever. I don't care if they have negative tests. It's literally the simplest form of prevention. And you can set an example for all everybody watching. You want to change the world? Change the world. Help make it better. Wear a mask. Absolutely. Anyway, you start off the show with Cody Rhodes already in the ring with Arn Anderson, waiting his challenger for his open challenge this week. There was a lot of talk. You know, everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona, AEW confirmed. I, I think at the last second, though, didn't they con- kind of confirm saying it's going to be a hardcore I don't, that, challenger I was, or something? I, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was hoping for Chris Hero because they were saying, oh, one of the top indie guys. Chris Hero was never in WWE. He was Cassius Ono. So I was really getting pumped for that. No, no, really top excited. indie guys is next week. No, it was this week. I they advertise that for next week. Um, so good. it's going to be another indie guy. It's probably going to be more horse. Because this more week, horse kid. This week I saw a lot of people saying that they. I could swear to God they advertised it being a hardcore person at like the last minute because people were saying Ed, it's either Eddie Kingston or Nick Gage. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome if it was Nick Gage. <laughs> so, but it ends but, up being Eddie Kingston. He cuts a, a fantastic promo. Eddie is, is great on the microphone. We saw when WWE did that Evolve show, it's like, oh my god, Eddie Kingston has a live microphone on WWE Network. Watch out. Yeah. And this match was awesome. Yeah. I, like, I, I was like, all right, it's going to be Chris Hero. It's going to be Matt Cardona. It's going to be somebody. And then Eddie Kingston came out, and I seriously, I was like, whoa. Yeah, Eddie challenged. He puts up the stipulation, no DQ. Cody accepts. And obviously, Cody goes on to defeat Eddie Kingston. But it's absolutely awesome to see Kingston in this position. Um, I, I don't know what his NWA status is, but now that I don't know if he's still contracted or not, but that gives me hope for Sandow to be one of the open challenges. Yep. Um, at this match though, they told a great story. The commentators told a great story. It's like, Oh, yep. Because of COVID, you know, Eddie Kingston lost a lot. He had to sell his wrestling boots, um, to, you know, pay for his mortgage and this, that, and the other thing. Um, the spots they were taking, very hard hitting. Uh, thumbtacks. You saw thumbtacks on the, the the first show, the first match on AEW Dynamite. It was awesome. Yeah, and uh, Cody got power bombed onto them. Um, yeah. I definitely would have liked to have seen this be more brutal. I feel like that aspect fell short, but I, I thought it was a nice shine for Eddie Kingston here. Yeah, it was, and the internet wrestling community blew. Up. Yeah, and a, a lot of people wanted to see this match, and it, I think it it delivered. People from every aspect of wrestling were like Eddie Kingston. Like I saw people in WWE be like, "Eddie Kingston's the man." He, yeah, he is. He really he, is. Yeah, I have never. I and it was funny too because I was watching one of those ICW Deathmatch Drive-In shows, and Kingston was. I had a mic. He called out, and I I spoke about this on the show. Zack Saber Jr., Cody Rhodes, and Nick Aldis, and the first person to get back to him was was Cody Rhodes pumped about this this set this kind of set me up for the night which i was really pumped about uh after this match though you have john moxley cutting a backstage promo on taz talk about brian cage next time i'm not letting go and that's it (laughs) uh and then again this this was very like segment heavy as well because you had MJF after this speaking to his opponent before their match calling him jungle man which i thought was funny and he corrects MJF to the right name, uh, Griff Garrison. Um, MJF brings up how he's undefeated, and Griff's like, uh, didn't you lose a little tag ski match? 
at Fighter yep. Fest and gets decked, and MJF goes on to defeat Griff Garrison. Um, I really enjoyed MJF grabbing the microphone during the match. Yeah, so do I. Um, yeah, calling him. To, so you, tell him, you, tell him to, to say correct himself, like say that he's undefeated, and he explained why he's undefeated because he's never been pinned, never tapped out. Uh, Griff finally did that, but uh, he went for a quick pin. MJF got out of that, hit the the heat seeker, and won. So do you think MJF's next up for John Moxley? No. No. Who do you think? So who do you think is next? Goldberg. I, it would probably still be Brian Cage. You think so? Because they're kind of going in a different direction with that. We'll talk about that after the Brian Cage thing. Uh, next up, you have a backstage promo with Rebel, Reba, whatever you want to call her, Tony Schiavone, and Britt Baker talking how she did have to get nose surgery, showed some graphic I, pictures. Yeah, warn a mother. Like, don't, I don't need to see that. And says she's still going to be ready for All Out. So, Which is September? I don't know what it is, but it's still keeping Britt Baker relevant, this whole thing, which is great. After this, Taz and Brian Cage were backstage or in the ring? Was that in the ring? ring? Yeah, they it were in, in the, the ring. ring. Taz, fantastic on the microphone here. He brings up how Brian Cage didn't tap and wouldn't have tapped. He was just protecting his, his client's arm. Darby yeah. Allen comes out and immediately gets taken out from behind by Ricky Starks, who we saw on AEW Dark. Dark last week. Yeah. Make his uh, debut. Well, no, he was he, may, may, he was start, on Dynamite started, as well. He, he took well, on no, Cody. it was on Dark the night before, setting up their alliance. Well, oh, yo, yes, but I was saying we saw Ricky Starks on last week's Dynamite. Yeah, that's him. But and he Taz helped. Yeah, he helped up. out. He helped out Brian Brian Cage, and uh, Cage went to hit Darby Allen with the skateboard. But John Maxley comes out with a barbed wire bat to make the save. Hell yeah, all about it. Did you see the after show where Jim Ross and Taz were with Excalibur talking about Dynamite? Unfortunately, I did not. Jim Ross like, I don't understand why anyone would watch NXT over AEW. DVR the other show. Our show is just better. And Taz like, I don't give a sh- about any other program. But hey, Great listen, on the guys and girls there, but I don't care about NXT. I don't watch that shit. Yeah, I mean, but I I completely understand where Taz is coming from because, like, he should be all focused on AEW. Yeah. And they're getting paid for it. But to say, like, come on, watch the Jim Ross, I believe, has said many times it's not a ratings war or whatever. It's not a Wednesday night war. And then he goes on to say, I don't care. Watch us. Don't watch the other show. But after this, they announced a 16 woman, eight team tag tournament. Um, which I guess we're gonna we're gonna have to be seeing a bunch of random teams pop up because they only have like ten actual signed women, I believe. I don't. Yep. <laughs> That's a bit strange, but I feel like I, I two things I wonder right off the bat is this a response to seeing everybody call for an evolution two, and will this just be another way to push Brandy to the absolute top? I think that's what I think. Even though everybody has already clearly seen nobody wants Brandy on top. Uh, Bite my tongue. Let's go on to the next match, which was, this was a lot of fun. And I think this might have been my favorite Young Bucks match. Oh, there was that Uh, inner circle promo too, which I popped for. 
Yeah, but <laughs> I like that though because Jericho is still wearing his orange juice jacket. Yes, and the yes. ending he asked Ortiz if he still smelled, and he goes, "Yeah," and he goes, "Damn it!" And I thought that was funny. And he goes, "What? You wanted me to lie to him?" <laughs> I pop for that. But my favorite. This is my favorite Young Bucks match ever. As the Young Bucks defeated the Butcher and the Blade. <laughs> it starts in the kitchen. Anywhere match. The, the, the beginning was great. <laughs> Which that, I, like you, but you see, you god dang see, you, I don't like cinematic wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And then they start in a kitchen where they're cutting beef. That's cinematic <laughs> aspects, brother. But anyway... The best part about it is they're like, all right, all right, we're going to fight. They put everything down. They go to wash their hands. I think the and, I saw one of the best spots I've ever seen in pro wrestling in yes, this later match. Spot? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Blade gets <laughs> dropped by two a double uh, super kick, whatever, and falls onto the escalator and just goes up. I think that's one of the funniest spots I've ever seen in pro wrestling. I, I, definitely the best spot of this match. And then, they, But the best part is right after, like, up, oh, they cut their commercial break. Yeah, I literally, I could not care less about anything else that happened in that match because of that escalator spot. That was the best spot. But but, but Blade, Pepper Parks, whatever you want to call him, taking some bumps here. I mean, taking that bump, taking a, a back a back bump onto an escalator stinks. Um, and then missing the table on the outside oh. doing the, but I, like, I fell for him. Yeah. Uh, Andy, Andy Williams, the butcher, whatever you want to call him, Shined at this match huge. Yeah, put on some put put in some work when uh, Blade wasn't there. Put that big jumping crossbody through the table onto one of the Jacksons. Still don't know who they are, Um, but at the end it was the Young Bucks doing uh, diving stereo jumps. uh, Matt is the one that got collar. Yeah, yeah, because that okay, that was Matt. Okay, and then Nick got his face smashed into the. into him on the production truck. Nick elbow dropped in and Matt Swanton, I believe. But f- real fun match. Uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I had so much fun watching this match. I was laughing. I was popping hard for stuff. The segment after this, though, uh, another thing I don't think I've ever seen before, pop big time for, Lance Archer's being interviewed about not being on Fight for the Fallen. And Archer grabs the, the guy, brings him into the locker room, starts beating up the locker room. One dude got put through the ceiling. <laughs> that has to be a first. I've never seen that. I thought that was hilarious. He yeah. popped him up so high he went through the ceiling. Yeah, it was, it was, that was a lot of fun too. I told uh, my friend that. He goes, how does that even work? And I explained it. He goes, oh, I thought you meant the roof. I was like, no, nah, I specifically said ceiling. And it, it was, was like those the, prop ceilings. It, it was, what did you say? A prop ceiling? Drop ceiling. Oh, I was like, what is that a prop ceiling? Give, I, have, I have one of those in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's those, those bad, like, those tiles that fall out. If yeah. If you those, pop your head. Like, I've seen at independent shows where the, the ceiling is low and someone goes for, like, a, a frog splash or something and hits their head on it. Mm-hmm. But I've never actually seen somebody get tossed up into the ceiling like that. Yeah. Not yeah. that he was, like, in it. He just, like, hit his head on it. But I thought uh, that was hilarious. Next up, DeMonte... Diamante. Diamante picks up the victory over Ivelisse with a quick inside cradle. This uh, this was the match I most look, was looking forward to from seeing la- for announced last week, and I thought it absolutely delivered. Yeah, it was great. The I, one complaint here, Big Swole. They cut into a promo for Big Swole. She's suspended. Kayfabe suspended. Why is she on television? That made no sense. Why are you going to take away from a match like this? 
I didn't I didn't get it. Yeah. But we had a, it was a I mean not technically but uh kind of technically a little aces and eights versus LAX gimmick here. Yeah. Because uh Ivelisse was a one-time honoree member, so honorary member. I don't know why I said honoree, but But yeah, so uh and I I did not think Diamante was going to pick up the victory here, but they're kind of they're kind of pushing her. Yeah, uh, I do have to wonder whether or not they're going to be ending up as a tag team, though. Yeah, because of the the Puerto Rican, you know, background and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's uh, just lazy booking. Well, hey, I mean, they when when Evil Lee showed up on AEW television, they were sitting together enjoying the hell out of this show. True. So, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it should be interesting to see. Yeah. Does next Diamante have a? Is she facing off? Uh... Akarshida next week. Right. Yeah. So, but next up, a Hangman had a page picks up the victory over five. Uh, Alan Angels from the Dark Order. Uh, you have the entire Dark Order out during the match. Uh, Post match, Brody Lee walks out and tells him that they 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 want to compliment him, and. You know, they want him to kind of join the Dark Order, and he says no. He brings up the fact that he's got no friends or partners nearby. Yeah. He says he doesn't want to join your cult. We'll never leave you alone. You then have the Dark Order. Looks like they're going to beat him up, but then FTR comes out, hits somebody in the face with a a styrofoam (laughs) beer cooler. Uh, Kenny Omega comes out. Beers are enjoyed afterwards. So kind of teasing this FTR... Um, FTR, uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, this kind of storyline going on there. I also, Next- I, I like Brody Lee, like, taking Cabana away, like, no, come on, you don't have to see this. Yes, don't look. Don't look. But then they announce it for next week, it's going to be the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson against Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Uh, for the AEW Tag Team titles, this is a match that should have happened months ago, but due to travel restrictions, it did not. Um, and this was the first time we'll be seeing the Dark Order in this sort of tag team in a long time. So I'm I'm stoked about this. Yeah, main event we saw Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeat the Jurassic Express of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, of course, continues to be impressive. Yes, very impressive. Uh, uh, I the one thing I didn't like in this again, Jericho tries to use the baseball bat. Aubrey takes it away. Jericho takes it back from her and she literally starts pushing Jericho as if she's like, I, they're for some reason booking her as if she's like a 20 year veteran ref. That's something I could see I Earl Hebner doing, but <laughs> she's there. She's their senior referee there. I just, I, I don't, that's just not, I don't, don't, I don't like that at all. Post match though, big beat down by the inner circle of, of Jurassic express. Um, then Serpentico 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 comes out and joins the party, looking like that Serpentico is going Serpentico to be hits hit. Serpentico hits Luchasaurus with the baseball bat behind the ref's back, and that's Jericho hits the code breaker to win off of that. But and, and that like you think nothing of it. It's just like oh Serpentico's there, like cool. I don't know why that happened, but then, it turns yeah. out that Serpentico's Sammy Guevara. Really long suspension he had. Yeah, thirty days, no pay. Um, and then Orange Cassidy come out, comes out with uh, the best friends. Uh, they eventually came out uh, and ran the inner circle off. 
Yeah, which sets up next week. Big tandem man tag team match as Jurassic Express and the best friends face off against the inner circle. That should be fun. Solid, real crazy show next week for AEW Dynamite. Yeah, you have John Moxley and Darby Allen versus uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. You said the you tag got- team match. You said the other tag team match. You said we already said Cody. We already said Diamante's match. Who do you think? Who do you think Cody's uh, opponent is going to be next week? <sighs> I, who's like a top indie star? That's what Khan was teasing. And what about that Warhorse kid? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh... I don't know. I'd like to see Matt Tremont, but we just had a hardcore guy. Maybe. Maybe Arn's picking out all these opponents meticulously for him. And maybe I, he's, like, like, he's got to go through the ring of hardcore guys now. Who you know, That could be a thing, but who's like a top indie guy? I don't know. Where Right now, there's no indie wrestling, really. Yeah, true. Joey Janela is a top indie guy to me. I don't know. Yeah, He's, I mean, in, he's in the company. He is in the company. He's wrestling this weekend at uh, GCW. Yeah. GCW Homecoming. He's facing uh, that big uh, Japanese uh, star. I forget his name. For the uh, in for the DT Pro Heavyweight Championship. Oh yeah, the it's a, yeah, and Beyond has a show this weekend too. It's a blow up doll. It no, it isn't. Isn't it? I have. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Regardless, it's a blow up doll. That's three for wrestlingtees.com slash marking out. I am, I'm like ninety percent sure it's a blow up doll. I am gonna say goodbye for now. And we'll just uh, leave Brandon on his own to talk about WWE. Brandon, take it away. Yeah, so WWE had a pay-per-view this past weekend. Extreme Rules at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. The kickoff show had Kevin Owens defeat Buddy Murphy. This was a last-minute addition. The kickoff matches always seemed to be really good. And... More times than not, they're added at the last minute, um, but they still deliver. Kevin Owens wins with a stunner. Cool match. First match on the card, you saw a tables match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, defeated Kofi Kingston and Big E in in an unexpected match, I guess. Or an unexpected victory, I should say. Um, I was not expecting them to win it all. I, I thought for sure New Day was going to retain. Why would I think Cesaro and Nakamura were going to win? But Cesaro put Kofi Kingston through two stacked tables on the outside, which was like... It, it was like the, the one of the hugest of huge power bombs that I've ever seen. And I thought that was a really cool finish. Uh, the match after this was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey retained, defeating Nikki Cross. Uh, I've been saying this all along. Two of the MVPs of this era, and it was a really good match. Uh, Sasha Banks distracted the referee, and Bailey was able to use um, Sasha Banks's brass knuckles, if you will, uh, to hit Nikki's abdomen, and then she hit her finisher to win. Uh, the match afterwards was supposed to be MVP versus Apollo Cruz, but it didn't happen because they said he didn't pass his physical due to what happened last month. Uh, so MVP just declared himself the winner and the new champion via forfeit, which I, I don't know if Cruz is battling COVID or not. I don't know how I don't I just I'm not sure. 
But the match after this was the infamous eye for an eye match. The the match that set trends or, or uh, was trending uh, in like real news websites and stuff, <laughs> which is funny. But Seth Rollins defeats Rey Mysterio. Um, I liked right off the bat, Rey Mysterio attacks Seth Rollins from behind. And the reason why I like that is because I have nostalgia for SummerSlam 2002 because I was there. And Rey Mysterio, that's how he uh, started the match off with Kurt Angle. Uh, but Rollins, I like, he hit a really nice Falcon Arrow on the apron. And as goofy as the stipulation was, they did a lot to work with it and tease the eye spot. I like, they broke the uh, the kendo stick over the eye and tried to like jam it into to their faces. Um, and overall, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, Rey Mysterio hit a curb stomp on Seth Rollins, which I thought was good. Uh, Ray did the eye gimmick that Seth Rollins had done to him, but eventually Seth Rollins did the eye gimmick on the steel steps and won the match. It was a gimmick die ball, obviously, uh, really goofy looking Seth Rollins barfed, which is like Vince McMahon all over it. He was like, wow, that's what I picture <laughs> in my head when I, as soon as that spot happened, but, uh, Honestly, with that, with the exception of the ending, I thought it was a really good match. So, I I don't know. People, as far as the pay-per-view itself goes, I thought it was a, a really good pay-per-view. Just had wonky finishes, but um, yeah, I, I liked it. After this, Bailey was being interviewed where she kind of made fun of Rey Mysterio for losing an eye. But she said how she, she, she said she's still champion. She introduced Sasha Banks and it led into Sasha's match, which ended in no contest, I guess. Um, it was Asuka versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, two more MVPs of this era. I, I really liked Sasha Banks using a bunch of modified uh, submission holds, which was really cool. And uh, I liked Bailey and Kyrie Sane brawling during this match. Uh, but Bailey tosses one of the titles into the ring to distract the referee. She gets into the re- into the ring. I mean, she gets hit by Oscar. Banks went to go use the championship. The ref takes it away, and Oscar, for some reason, mists, uh, which would have been in front of the referee's face, missed Sasha Banks. But Banks dodges it, and it goes right into the referee's eyes. Um. And then Bailey took out Asuka. She put the referee shirt on and counted Sasha Banks the winner of the match. But this was a really good match. And I, I, a lot of people complained about this ending. I thought it was great. We, we don't really see endings like that. So I thought it was cool. But after this, we had Drew McIntyre defeat Dolph Ziggler to retain the WWE Championship. Dolph Ziggler announced at the very last second that it was going to be Extreme Rules just for him. And Drew McIntyre had to follow the rules. You can get DQ'd, Countdown, etc. Rope Break. And I thought that was cool because, again, we have not seen something like that to my knowledge or to my memory at least. Uh, I liked Dolph Ziggler hitting the Famouser off the commentary table. I thought that was cool. Uh, Dolph Ziggler... 
hitting a rock bottom was cool because The Rock recently, I believe on Instagram, put Dolph Ziggler over for being WWE champion. So that was cool. But Ziggler was going for the sweet chin music and Drew McIntyre ends up kipping up and hitting the Claymore to win. And it was another good match. A lot of people, negative things about this pay-per-view, but this was a good match. Um, And then main event, uh, well, before the main event, I just want to quickly mention that they did a spooky version of the Firefly Funhouse earlier, which I I thought was cool, kind of like a Halloween-esque version. Bray Wyatt, though, defeats Braun Strowman, I think, in a swamp match. Um, So... I could appreciate what this match, uh, how it was filmed and everything, but it wasn't like there wasn't, it it wasn't like uh, the Boneyard match. It wasn't anything close to the Firefly Funhouse match. There, I mean, that match really didn't have much physicality to it either, but this match really didn't have much wrestling in it. It opens up Bray Wyatt in the rocking chair, which was cool. Braun Strowman pulls up to the swamp. Bray somehow gets the lights of Braun's car to turn off, and when they come when they come back on, he's gone. Braun destroys the rocking chair, heads to the swamp, and gets jumped by two dudes who were dressed like Luke Harper, and I, I assume it was supposed to be dressed like Eric Rowan as well. At first, I thought the dude was in a business suit and kind of poking fun at Mr. Brody Lee. But you go back and the guy's in like a jumpsuit sort of thing. Uh, Coveralls. Uh, But he fights them off. And then he gets attacked by himself wearing the black sheep mask. And when he woke up, he was chained to a chair. And Bray Wyatt is there talking to him about how they can rule the world together. And Braun says no. Someone, I don't know who it was, brings out a snake, which I think bit Braun, and then cuts to the next scene in front of a fire, and another dude is there. Braun fights him off, and for I don't know why they felt it necessary, but they just, I guess, had a stuntman get set on fire here. But the one thing that I did pop for in this match was the illusion of Alexa Bliss appearing and like calling Braun over to be like, we could be together forever. I know you want me, etc. Um, so that was cool because, I mean, there's always like that chemistry or, or yeah, chemistry that you would, would have seen during the mixed match challenge. So that I, I like that. Uh, but he went towards her. Bray Wyatt attacked her. Braun left, uh, Braun left him lying in a dilapidated boat. I don't know if it's specifically anybody we know, Skarsgård. But when the boat appeared again, Bray Wyatt was gone. Comes back, and I, I, I don't know if he like beat the monster out of Braun. But Braun pushes Bray into the swamp, and you think it's over. But Bray Wyatt ends up locking the mandible claw dragging Braun Strowman under the water with him, and then The Fiend appeared to end it, and I was very, very confused 
Like, I sat for two hours after that pay-per-view ended not knowing what to do. Like, I just sat there. I just sat. I, I didn't... I couldn't process what I had just watched. It just, like, it was so confusing that it literally made me sit there and not do anything for two hours. It was so weird. But moving on from Extreme Rules to Monday Nights, we have Monday Night Nitro, which opens up with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Seth Rollins obviously spoke about Rey Mysterio and his eye. And then he blamed the WWE Universe for making him who he is today and said that he can't dwell on the past. Aleister Black came out, which was very expected. Um, I didn't even know that he had a match with Seth, but um, Aleister Black said you can't blame anybody but but you. And he went into the ring, brawled with uh, Buddy Murphy, which led into the match with Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins picks up the victory over Aleister Black, which was a good match. Seth Rollins escaped the Black Mass, um, continued to work Aleister Black's arm, and finally hit a curb stomp to win. I think it was an obvious victory there. Um, And then Seth Rollins had Buddy Murphy go attack Aleister Black afterwards. Seth Rollins joined in, and they continue to work the arm. And he went to, uh, not went to, he did curb stomp the arm. I don't know where Aleister Black goes from here, but Seth Rollins blames the WWE Universe, but then does something like that. I don't like being blamed. Uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley were backstage and Ron Simmons was randomly there. I guess to like further plant seeds of like, oh my God, are we getting a nation? Stable of sorts maybe, but... MVP ends up calling R-Truth over and R-Truth was saying how Apollo Crews is still the United States champion and he asked R-Truth to come to the ring with them and R-Truth said no and Lashley said that MVP meant the new 24-7 champion and Shelton Benjamin comes out of nowhere and knocks R-Truth out Wins the championship. I popped because Shelton Benjamin on TV is always a good thing. The three of them head out to the ring. MVP spoke about becoming the new U.S. champion. He also trash-talked Ricochet and Cedric, who then came out. um, And MVP's like, well, you can't... Or he he told them to pick two out of the three of them to, to wrestle because they don't have a third person. And they were like, oh... Blah, 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 blah. Kind of like a horrible promo, in my opinion. And they introduced Mustafa Ali as their partner. So, big return for him. They brawled, which led into their match. And they pick up the victory over the Hurt Business, which I had no idea they were referred to as the Hurt Business until I saw on WWE Shop they had a Hurt Business t-shirt. But they've apparently been the hurt business for over a month now but um yeah i could have yeah this was it was a good match i could have done without it i liked how it took three people to take lashley out when when lashley was on the outside of the ring he caught like he caught ricochet and cedric in like a choke slam sort of position and ali dove 
through the ropes, I think, onto Lashley. So I thought that was cool. But I, and I get that this was a big return for Mustafa Ali, but I feel like the Hurt business should have won since they've been one upping Apollo Cruz, and like MVP is the official but unofficial U.S. champion. So. I don't know. But after this, again, another random backstage segment with the Viking Raiders and Ron Simmons. And there was like no explanation as to why Ron Simmons was there. So I don't, it was, that was just weird to me. But after that, we had Bianca Belair get interviewed. Um, and Peyton Royce cuts it off to trash talk her. Ruby Riot cuts her off. Peyton Royce brings up Liv Morgan, called her trash. Uh, Billy Kay was not there, but this goes into their match. Ruby Riot picks up the victory over Peyton Royce. Uh, Peyton Royce kept calling Ruby Riot a loser, but that didn't, uh, I mean, she won the match. Uh, but I want more and more of the Iconics, so that's, that's. Uh, I'm happy we're, we're at least getting matches with them. After this, Angel Garza, Andrade, and Zelina Vega were interviewed about the tension that has been building between them. Zelina Vega again denied the tension. And she said the, the Street Profits have been hiding. The Street Profits then attacked them to get them back for what they did last month. Uh, and then the Street Profits defeated Amas and Garza, which I really enjoyed this match. Uh, two great teams. Uh, Montez Ford winning with uh, 180 Frog Splash, which was super cool. Kind of like a, a Twisted Bliss, but a Frog Splash, I guess. Well, I mean, not even like a Twisted Bliss because Montez Ford went super high up in the air. And yeah, so it was cool. High fly flow, perhaps. After the match, Selena Vega yelled at Andrade and Angel Garza for losing the match. And Garza's like, we're on the same page, so... Next week, I think we're getting a... I don't know if we're getting a title match next week. Does that even make sense? I don't think so. Uh, but after this, we saw Sasha Banks and Bailey celebrate uh, Sasha being champion. Uh, and Sasha said that Becky handed the championship over to Asuka. And she brought up how Asuka spit the, the mist in the referee's face. Uh, and honestly, it's... Kind of, I'm. I kind of wish they would steal the NXT Women's Championship and and claim to be co-champions, but uh, that I don't foresee happening ever. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors came out and Oscar yelled at Sasha Banks and said it was her title, and Banks was like, "Come and get it then." And when they went to go get it, Stephanie McMahon interrupts and announces. Uh, announced a championship match next week since neither of them won at the pay-per-view, which I guess a lot of people were hoping for Evolution 2. Didn't even cross my mind at that time, but she was on the bump. Uh, it was Women's Evolution Week, and none of that happened. Um, so yeah, Kyrie Sane went on to defeat Bayley. Great match. Uh, the NXT TakeOver match that never happened, that, that couldn't have happened because they were in at two different times, I guess. Um, Shayna Baszler was interviewed backstage during this, and she said that she's defeated everyone else. So, I, I, I mean, it seems like she's going to be still in the, the 
women's division, but to me that sucks because I'd, I'd much rather see her at this point wrestling men because she's quote-unquote done it all in the women's division. Um, Bailey went for the, the Bailey to belly, and Kyrie turned it into a really nice schoolboy pin, which I thought was awesome. I watched that pin maybe 10 times over and over again. I, it's such a nice pin. One of the nicest pins I've ever seen uh, transition-wise. Uh, and I don't know if this was like a send-off for Kyrie Sane or not. I don't know. Like, I don't know if she's going to be on Monday Night Raw next week with Asuka to be in her corner. A lot of people thought this was it. A lot of the the women in WWE were posting tributes to Kyrie Sane, thanking her for for being her, for for being her friends and whatnot. Uh, their friends, I should say. So if this is if this was the last time we're seeing Kyrie Sane in WWE, uh, that that sucks. But uh, yeah, she just got married this year, I believe. So it, to to not be with her husband, it's got to be difficult. Um, but after this, Drew McIntyre came out and spoke about Extreme Rules. He put Ziggler over, but said almost winning is always Dolph Ziggler's career. And he brought up SummerSlam and how he wants a worthy opponent. Dolph Ziggler came out, tried to get another match because he was so damn close. I was so damn close. And McIntyre's like, you're embarrassing yourself. And he went to go leave, but Dolph Ziggler tried to stop him. Gets hit with the Glasgow kiss. And Ziggler's, Ziggler's like, don't walk away from me. He basically begged for another match. Any stipulation, any time, and McIntyre accepted the challenge. And he said he's going to announce it right before the match, just like Dolph Ziggler did. Which has me thinking, maybe Dolph Ziggler becomes WWE Champion at SummerSlam. And then immediately loses the championship to Otis when he cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Maybe. Perhaps, I don't know. Uh, earlier in the night, Randy Orton spoke about life-changing moments, and he spoke about his match with Edge, um, etc., etc. He promises to end Big Show's career. They also interviewed Christian about the unsanctioned match, uh, where he brought up how low it was of Ric Flair to do what he did. And he said he can't wait to watch Big Show knock out Randy Orton. Uh, later on, Big Show said he was going to do everything to make sure Randy Orton doesn't write the end of his story. Uh, and then the Big Show went on to defeat, uh, I mean, Randy Orton went on to, to defeat the Big Show in that unsanctioned match. Uh, Angel Garza and Andrade ran down to attack Big Show. The Viking Raiders ran down to fight them off. So I guess that would make more sense if they wrestled next week instead of a title match. But Big Show... Uh, ends up putting himself through a table. He went for like a Vader bomb elbow, but Orton moved. Um, Orton hit that hangman DDT from the top rope as opposed to the middle rope, which I thought was cool. Uh, and then Orton hit a second RKO to win the match and didn't leave. He punted the big show afterwards. This whole match, though, to me, came off as like a dark match that you would see after Raw ends, but with weapons. I don't know who uh, who's next for Randy Orton, but that was Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT, 
super kind of carny, I guess. <laughs> they teased that William Regal had a huge announcement, which uh, he tweeted something, made it seem like he was about to be like stepping down as the general manager of NXT and just like maybe retiring altogether. But his big announcement was that Keith Lee had an announcement. <laughs> Whatever, but uh, Keith Lee's big announcement was that he was giving up the North American Championship, which I think is stupid. What was the what was the point of having the the two champ the the title versus title match if if you were going to give it up in two weeks? I, I don't I don't get it. But they're having a series of triple threat matches. The winner goes on to NXT Takeover Thirty on August twenty second, the night before SummerSlam. A fatal five-way ladder match. Uh, So rest in peace to NXT TakeOver Boston. Uh, Another one bites the dust. But we have Triple X. NXT XXX 30. Uh, A matchup. The first match of the evening. We saw Dexter Loomis defeat Killian Dane. Hard-fought match. Uh, very interesting to see Dexter Loomis choke Killian Dane out. Uh, but it, it seems as though Killian Dane is going to be part of the the Robert Stone brand. Uh, after that, we saw Brizongo defeating Everrise. Uh, Brizongo came out dressed like the Quebecers uh, with the Mountie theme, which big, big pop because Everrise is from Quebec. Uh, it wasn't a long match, but Brizongo, I think, is always fun to watch. I like Everrise. I was hoping for them to have like a promo beforehand because uh, they've been gold on the microphone uh, and all like their online stuff. Um, after this, Shotzi Blackheart defeated Aaliyah. Or actually, you know what? Maybe Killian Dane won't be joining the Robert Stone brand after he got choked out, but... The Robert Stone brand, I enjoy this match of Shotzi Blackheart and Aaliyah. Aaliyah tried to use the ropes to win. The referee noticed. Uh, Robert Stone got up on the apron when Shotzi went for her senton, but she kicks him off. Still hit the senton to win. After the match, she ran his leg over again with the tank. And out of nowhere, Mercedes Martinez hits a giant boot, takes out Shotzi Blackheart, Dave, I believe, mentioned having Mercedes Martinez joining the Robert Stone brand. Kind of sad I asked Robert Stone how I could, how Mark and Out could join, and he said, we don't. But later on in the night, Mercedes told Robert Stone that she needs someone to handle everything on the outside of the ring, like contracts, etc., not inside the ring. He agreed. Uh... Dave still thinks this is leading up to Mercedes Martinez versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, I I wonder if it's going to like end up being where like she eventually gets pissed at Robert Stone. Like maybe she doesn't want him ringside for her matches. I don't know. Uh, after this, we saw in an Isaiah Swerve Scott video package where he brought up how he's the only person to have defeated Santos Escobar in WWE, and that the next time that they step in the ring together, he's going to become the new Cruiserweight Champion. So I liked them keeping 
swerve on television through this, and I like them keeping Santos, Escobar, and El Legado del Fantasma relevant by having this video package where he's calling Santos out. Uh, after this very, perhaps unexpected, one of the, the first qualifying matches for the North American Championship ladder match at NXT TakeOver 30, Bronson Reed picks up the victory over Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano, two well-established, prominent figures in NXT. Um, I was hoping that Bronson Reed would win this match, and he did, and it was awesome. The start of this, um, the, most of the beginning of the match was Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano teaming up to take on Bronson Reed. Um, but this, it, and then obviously slowly... Uh, it turned into Gargano versus Roddy as well. But at one point I liked um, Bronson Reed was holding Roderick Strong and Johnny did a catapult into Bronson Reed's Reed, I guess you would say. <laughs> I thought that was a cool, innovative uh, move. But Bronson Reed hits an, a, a Uranagi onto Johnny Gargano or a, a Uranagi for on Johnny Gargano, onto Roderick Strong. <laughs> That's a weird phrasing. But I, this match was so good. This was NXT TakeOver quality, like, by itself. I thought it was great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Johnny Gargano hits that Poison Rana on Bronson Reed. And uh, just as he was about to win, Bronson Reed hit that huge splash onto both Johnny and Roderick Strong. So, it should be interesting to see who else will be in that uh, that match. Next week, we're seeing Timothy Thatcher versus Dexter Loomis versus Finn Balor, who Finn Balor later on cut a promo on Keith Lee about giving opportunities to NXT, and he promised to take the NXT North American Championship. Um, we saw Timothy Thatcher defeat Oni Lorcan. Uh, it was a lot slower than their match at Great American Bash, but it was still hard-hitting. Uh, it had a very interesting ending, ending where Oni Lorcan tried to lock Timothy Thatcher in an armbar, but Thatcher was still able to pin Oni. Um, I, I don't know if that's... No I, no, I think that was a good ending. It was fine. I was going to say maybe it was kind of goofy, like the, the Cody Rhodes gimmick, if I'm remembering correct. They did a goofy pin on with Darby Allen. Um, but no, uh, it was different. Uh, Karrion Cross defeated Dominic Dijakovic in the main event. Uh, I thought for sure last week was going to be the send off until he was attacked by Cross. Uh, but this was another hard hitting match. Uh, Karrion Cross at one point smashed Don. Uh, Jeez, Dominic Dijakovic. I just keep wanting to say Donovan. Donovan Dijak. Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, he smashed Dominic Dijakovic's head between the ring steps. And he was like completely knocked out. Carrying Cross drags him back into the ring to continue the carnage. Keith Lee came out to stare Cross down. And I guess talk to, to Dijakovic. Dijakovic and be like, you good? You like, you, you want to give up? Uh, Dijakovic refused though. He's like, this is on me. This is on me. And then uh, eventually he lost. 
good night, Dijakovic. Maybe that's his official send-off for NXT. And they'll show up maybe the night after SummerSlam. Who knows? But that's NXT. Moving on to SmackDown. They opened the show with um, kind of similar to last week where they had everybody talking about what segment they'll be doing. But it was just Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, and JBL hyping up the bar fight. JBL was on uh, later on as well. Uh, it's, it's interesting new way to start SmackDown. Um, the actual show starts off with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross come out. And Nikki Cross challenged Bailey to another title match. And Bailey said that even though she won fair and square at Extreme Rules, she'll give her a rematch if she can defeat Alexa Bliss. Uh, and then that sets up uh, the winner of that match will be facing Bailey next week. And Nikki ends up pushing Alexa Bliss to the ground, but she actually defeats Alexa Bliss. Uh, Boston Hug were on commentary for this, and I absolutely loved it. Thought it was hilarious. They. They both yelled at Michael Cole, which was great. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross at one point took them both out. And Michael Cole popped big time. And I feel like that's like such a rare thing that happens. Uh, but I fully expected Alexa Bliss to win this. And I'm completely fine with Nikki Cross winning again, getting another title shot. And I enjoyed the match. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was the first time that we've ever seen this on television. I don't know if they've ever like wrestled any uh, live events or anything. I know in the history there was, uh, I think, like an NXT tag match maybe and then uh, another NXT singles match or something like that. Uh, or no, actually, uh, it was a main roster tag match for one of the a dark for one of the, the pay-per-view quote-unquote events. I think the Shield one. Uh, but afterwards, Nikki and Alexa Bliss spoke, and Alexa congratulated her for winning. After this, we had a Firefly Funhouse where they replayed the cl clips of the, the Swamp Fight. Uh, and then Bray Wyatt said that Braun came back home, and he's happy about it. Something interesting about this was that Bray Wyatt had the Fiend's Lantern, which was talking to him. Uh, and... I guess Bray said it's his turn now, as in, I guess, the Fiend's turn to face Braun Strowman. After this, we saw Matt Riddle defeat Tony Nese, which uh, the first time Tony Nese was on SmackDown, I think that's super cool. Obviously, doesn't really make too much sense going between 205 Live, NXT, and now SmackDown. I don't know why this necessarily happened, but I'm I'm all for it. I like Tony Nese. Uh, we've been fans of his for a long time now. And it was just cool to see him face Matt Riddle. Um, afterwards, though, Matt Riddle called King Corbin out. King Corbin showed up and told Matt Riddle after the victory he had against Tony Nese, maybe he should be going to 205 Live and he doesn't deserve to be on SmackDown. And then announced a King's Ransom for somebody, uh, whoever can take Matt Riddle out. And Tony Nese went to try, I guess, to take Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle out. And he uh, got taken out with a kick. So Matt Riddle came out on top there. I don't know who's, if anyone's even going to be able to get the bounty. Or the ransom, I should say. Uh, after this, we had Miz TV with Naomi. 
last week after SmackDown, uh, hashtag Naomi deserves better trended worldwide for hours. And rightfully so, after what happened last week. That was just such a poor... Like, I said it last week. It was just... It was awful. It it just wasn't good. And she does deserve better. I've been preaching Naomi's abilities for years now. Probably since 2011-ish. Um, I was... I really wanted her to win the, the championship in 2012. But that didn't happen. But they spoke about this and brought Lacey Evans out who made fun of Naomi and then it led to Naomi attacking Lacey Evans. After this backstage, Kofi Kingston was coming from the trainer's room and said that he's probably going to be out uh, around six weeks due to an injury from Extreme Rules. Uh, And then Kofi Kingston said that with him and Xavier Woods being out, it's Big E's time to shine. And E kept trying to say no, no, no. And Kofi kept pushing, yes, yes, 100%. Now is the time. Now is the time for you to shine. So I don't know necessarily where in a singles uh, division where Big E would fit. I don't know. I mean, because Braun's entwined with um, The Fiend, I guess, again. And, um, or Bray Wyatt still. And right now we have the next match, uh, number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship was, uh, four men. Grand Metallic defeated Shorty G, Lince Dorado, and Drew Gulak. So Big E doesn't quite fit in there yet. Uh, but AJ Styles was on commentary for this match, uh, it was cool to see Grand Metallic and Lince Dorado wrestle each other here. Even break up pins to prevent one another from winning. Uh, and I, I wanted, I was hoping Chad Gable would win this, but I'm all, I'm so good with Grand Metallic winning. I like Shorty G hit a huge German suplex from the top rope to Lince Dorado, who flew across the ring and out of it, which was cool. Um, but, but if they actually give this match time next week, uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, AJ Styles versus Grand Metallic should be a really good match. Um, definitely looking forward to that. Afterwards, AJ Styles went for a handshake, slapped him instead. Grand Metallic got back up and slapped him. This led to a quick little brawl. AJ Styles... Running out of the ring and Grand Metallic left there standing with the Intercontinental Championship. It looked like a natural fit. Uh, After this, they aired a video package for Otis and Mandy and said that they will be back next week. They have been uh, incredibly missed on SmackDown, so it should be nice to have them back. I still think maybe maybe Otis is going to be WWE Champion come SummerSlam. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. After that, Caleb Brackstone uh, interviewed Cesaro and Nakamura. Cesaro uh, and, well, both of them basically making fun of the the fact that that Kofi Kingston went through two tables. And Cesaro said that the only thing that he wishes that he could have done differently was also put Big E through a table. And he said that you can't really trust Kofi Kingston because it's not Big E's time. Uh, And... I mean, is there even a tag team division right now on SmackDown? I, I Off the top of my head, I cannot think of a tag team that would go against Cesaro and Nakamura. 
After this was the main event, we saw Jeff Hardy defeat Sheamus in a bar fight. And let me tell you, this was so much better than the Swamp match at Extreme Rules. It wasn't really a cinematic match. It was filmed more like a typical bar fight that we would have seen in WWE's past. Or like a, a normal hardcore match uh, like in, in a different setting. Um, but at one point, like it opens up, Sheamus is at the bar, uh, Jeff Hardy shows up and said that his brother had to delete his WWE career and he's here to restart his. Uh, and then he told Sheamus that he has to be ready for everything. Jeff eventually threw beer in Sheamus's face to start the fight. Uh, and they brawled Sheamus at one point, I think the worst spot <laughs> put uh, Jeff Hardy's face in a urinal and flushed it. That's so gross. I don't care how clean that is. I don't care if it's brand new. Well, I mean, if it's brand new, I guess that's uh, a little bit better, but you still have the, I don't know. It's kind of gross. But (laughs) Jeff Hardy at one point pulled out a ladder, which you definitely don't see in a typical bar fight, but he eventually sets the ladder up and goes to jump off of it. The bartender got involved who ends up being powerbombed through a table. Sheamus broke a bar stool over Jeff's back, put his hat over Jeff Hardy's face, pulled himself a pint, drank it, and when he took his hat off of Jeff's face, Jeff's face was fully painted, and he had whited-out eyes. And Jeff Hardy fights back, gets Sheamus down, hits a swanton off the ladder to win, Uh, which was, I I guess there's some sort of broken universe powers in Jeff Hardy still. So I thought that was really cool. I really, I enjoyed this match, um, a lot more than I thought I ever would have. And I I don't think it was like a bad match. So that was cool. That was SmackDown. Welcome back, Chris, for a Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Yep, match of the week this week. From Slammiversary, it was talked about Jordan Grace versus Deanna Perrazzo for the Women's Championship. Hard-hitting kind of style that you really don't see that much with women's wrestling. These two outstanding female professional wrestlers really brought it. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was a lot of fun. Brandon, who are you shouting out? Brandon, shout! The first shout-out goes to Timothy Oliphant. Uh, he narrates the Dead Man, Tales from the Dead Man special on the network. I don't know if you saw that at all. Probably not. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like a continuation of The Last Ride. Uh, but it, it's like more Taker stories, but uh, it has animations, pictures. So it's kind of cool. And it's cool that Oliphant uh, <laughs> narrates it. Uh, I like when they get outside people to that are famous to, to narrate stuff like that time Kelsey Grammer narrated WrestleMania's intro. Yes. I thought that was cool. But the next shout out goes to Sal Volcano, uh, an impractical joker. He wore an Andy Kaufman versus Jerry Lawler shirt on last week's episode of impractical jokers dinner party show. So I popped for that. Um, and I really, I enjoy the show. It's, it's very interesting how they were able to still get something, uh, entertaining without having to do like the typical impractical joker show. Yeah. 
So it's cool. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to another show, the R-Truth Game Show on WWE Network. Please tell me you saw this. No, I hadn't. Oh, my God, dude. You have to go and watch it. Truth fits the role of the host perfectly. It's I so much. It it's such a fun thing to watch. Um, there's, like, scavenger hunts and stuff. Uh, they, they had the first episode air last week. It's just such a good show. I suggest everybody to go check it out. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Rewinding to last week, after you and I finished recording, a huge announcement. What I'm going to say is a huge announcement because it's really... Uh, almost unheard of kind of formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, formerly known as Zack Ryder, Brian Myers, uh, Matt Cardona announced on their YouTube channel, the major wrestling figure podcast, YouTube channel that they have signed with super seven and they will be releasing wrestling figures next year. And they're going to be like the new Japan wrestling figures that we've seen in recent weeks, uh, months. I mean, um, they they're coming with mini wrestling figure versions of themselves as well, which is awesome. Hands, uh, Matt's gonna have the Li hands, which is sick. Three heads, uh, yeah, vests, um, yeah, the, the the different hands and everything. It's it's really it's awesome to see that you don't need to be signed with a company in order to get figures like this. We see it with. Um, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. They're going to have like two different figures from two different companies coming out like yeah. this and next year. Yeah. They have AEW as well as the, I, I believe they're super seven. Maybe I'm not sure. Yes. That happened. We, the, the we saw legends of like Lucha or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, is that super seven or is that another company? I forget. I'm not sure, but they're, they're all like basically in scale with each other. We have, uh, we have, San Diego Comic-Con going on right now, so we're definitely getting a lot more WWE figure influx coming soon. Which is why we're marking out hard for new figures that are coming out. Uh, by the yeah. way, after uh, the show we recorded last week, I went to my local Walmart and I found the Otis Elite. So I kind of marked for that, and I had to choose between the Otis Elite or the old school Christian Elite, and I picked the Otis one, and I tried to go back, and it was gone already, so I was kind of bummed. Which uh, I have to give... Uh... A markout moment. Uh, I'll flip it in reverse. They just announced, or they gave new prototype images for for wrestling figures yesterday. They're oh, doing yesterday. it this whole week. Yeah. Uh, one of them being a brand new Xavier Woods, who not only comes with an up up down down championship, he comes with a swappable SummerSlam 2019 head sculpt or scan where he had his hair and the glasses like stevie wonder yep Love i it. popped so hard for that and i think this might be the third non-sanctioned wwe championship to be made by mattel first being internet championships second being the yolo tag team championships and the third now being the up up down down championship so huge accomplishment to uh xavier woods for taking something that probably never could have even dreamed of and now having that maybe the up up down down championship will make its way into 2k22 much like the internet championship made its way into eventual games 
But who knows? Um, I popped for that. But staying on the course with New Day, I popped for the kickoff show. New Day, they were being interviewed for their Extreme Rules match. And they brought Devon Dudley to give them advice for their tables match. He was in gimmick. We we have not seen him in gimmick. So I thought that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, another mark out moment of the week that I had. Dasha Curret from uh, also known as Dasha Fuentes was on the Titan Games this week, the Rock's television program on NBC. Uh, she had Billy Gunn in the audience cheering her on, so it was cool to see the Rock and Billy Gunn together on television. Um, but she ended up she she won two of the competitions. She didn't win the final competition, but she'll still have another shot later on. To did they call him Billy Gunn? Um, yeah, I believe the Rock referred to him as Billy Gunn. I wonder if he's going to get a cease and desist. I don't think so. It's The Rock. What do you mean? They're good brothers. The great part. He's the people's champion. And, it, and it's the NBC Universal family. So <laughs> it's, True. It's, the other, it's the other side. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out the show because i got to get back to some post-production stuff here. So thank you for listening to Marking Out 494. Uh, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. Twitter.com slash Marking Out. YouTube and Instagram.com slash Marking Out 11. Email us at markingout1 at gmail.com. Our merchandise is at prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog, Dave, who may or may not have been on this episode, at Dave the Rave underscore Mo, and our social influencer, Brandon, at BTTG161. And until next week, we wish you the, the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic